say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome into the Sports Memo College Football Bowl betting special podcast where we got our uh, one of our college football experts, Robbie Vino. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports. Robbie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am doing great today, Drew. How about yourself? I'm doing good. We actually recorded this yesterday, had some technical difficulties. I uh, appreciate a couple people notifying us on Twitter. We always appreciate that. It's hard for us to kind of control, uh, you know, what happens 20 minutes in. But uh, I guess there were some technical audio difficulties, so we're re-recording it. Uh, the second time through, we've already had a practice round. We'll try to go a little quicker this time just for time's sake. But uh, Robbie Vino, let's start off 201-202. North Texas, Utah State, 67 and a half, seeing as the total is high as 68 right now. Also, uh, Utah State, the Aggies laying eight in this game. They opened 10, Robbie. A big story here is Utah State's coaching staff is on the move. Head coach gone, I believe offensive and defensive coordinators are going with them. And on the other side, North Texas, Seth Luttrell and company, he was, uh, you know, rumored to be taking the Kansas State job. He's going to stay. Looks like a positive there. The market reads it as a two-point positive going from 10 to 8. That's Utah State laying in this game. How would you look to bet North Texas, Utah State, Robbie? Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, I've liked both teams all season long. I think that Utah State has been a little kinder to myself and clients this year, uh, basically by playing them up and over the total, Drew. The offense led by Jordan Love has been explosive all season long. Uh, First note here, and we'll do this through all the bowl games as we go this season because it's important, but the weather in the uh, bowl game here will be just fine. High of 52 degrees, 0% chance of rain. That means that both of these offenses, which are very potent, should have a nice dry track to play on. Uh, You talked a little bit about the coaching situations in this particular contest. Drew, for Utah State, Matt Wells did take the Texas Tech job and I believe is taking his entire staff with him. However, the most important note to me of all is the fact that offensive coordinator David Yost has stayed behind. He's the only full-time coach that stayed behind to coach the bowl game with this team. Yost, very young innovative offensive mind anybody who's seen utah state play this year knows it um but he's going to be the game day play caller and to me that makes a world of difference not so sure that um i would jump on the north texas side from a coaching angle perspective maybe for other reasons value maybe people thought utah state was a little bit high but with um with yost calling the plays utah state very very dangerous in this contest As you said, Seth Luttrell sticks around. That makes the players very happy. Expect two highly motivated teams here. Um, I I think you'll get 100% focus out of each team. They also come in, Drew, off of bowl game losses last year, which is important. You know, teams like this, group of five teams that get to -to back-to-back bowls um, and lose the prior season, like to make amends for those losses. In North Texas's case, it was a 50-30 to 30 loss to Troy in the New Orleans Bowl last year. In Utah State's case, a heartbreaker 26-20 to 20 loss to New Mexico State 
look for both of these teams to be um, extremely motivated here. I think one situational angle that plays very strong in this game in the favor of Utah State is the altitude. North Texas does not play games in venues uh, where there's altitude. Utah State very, very used to playing in altitude. Haven't played in Albuquerque this year, but did play there last year, obviously, with New Mexico being a conference rival. And they do play, obviously, at home in Utah and in the mountains where the altitude is uh, much higher, Air Force, so on and so forth. So I think altitude, especially at the pace that Utah State plays, um, as I mentioned earlier, if you watched them, you know how fast they are. The tempo is up there. Uh, it could be an advantage for Utah State. I think it will be. Fundamentals real quick here. I'd make Utah State a bit more diverse offensively. They have a two-headed running back. It's tandem in Darwin Thompson and Gerald Bright. It's a little bit stronger than UNT, uh, who only features sophomore DeAndre Torrey, actually the third-team running back for North Texas. They've been through the first two, lost them due to injury this year. I would make um, Utah State the more diverse offense. Both quarterbacks here should be the storyline, Drew. Jordan Love against Mason Fine, both extremely talented quarterbacks. Um, One fundamental edge that I found in this game could be the wide receiving duo of Utah State, Ron Quavian Tarver, Jalen Green. These two guys go 6'3", 215, 6'2", 205 respectively. We've seen them wreak havoc on smaller corners this year. Uh, North Texas, a good defensive team, needs to be up to the task here against those two guys. ATS records. I want to bring these up last here in this particular handicap. Utah State, 8-3-1 this year over the total. The exact opposite of that, even further extreme, is North Texas, who went 1-10-1 under the total this year. So 10 of 12 games played by North Texas, despite their um, potent offense. 10 of the 12 stayed under the total. Uh, very contradictory trend there. Robbie, we uh, I do want to give a shout-out to the guys that uh, helped us out on Twitter, giving us a shout-out for the uh, for the audio issues on the last podcast. It was uh, Andrew Yursa, thanks, man, and also uh, Jason Yelling, Jason Elling. I uh, appreciate you guys reaching out on Twitter and letting us know. Also, anytime you guys want to... Uh, us to answer any questions on Twitter, we're happy to do so. We got uh, Kyle Honeyset asking about the FCS games, which we'll throw in here as well. First, want to give out a coupon code CFB69 for uh, Robbie Vino or any handicapper on Sports Memos. Rest of college football season, which is the bowl package now, for just sixty-nine bucks. It's uh, listed. It, we just discounted it to ninety-nine bucks for the rest of the season, and uh, with the coupon code CFB. 69 guys easy number to remember there cfb college football but it's cfb 69 at checkout and you can get it for 69 bucks rest of the season robbie vino is a great choice he'll have a lot of volume he's been good in bowl seasons in the years past and uh good choice there we got uh, another game here robbie the cure bowl tulane louisiana lafayette they're not playing in new orleans they are playing in orlando this is 203 204 on the Sports Memo odd screen, we got uh, Tulane, the Green Wave, laying three and a half, 58 and a half the total, Robbie. Yeah, real quick here, where weather's concerned, not much to worry about. The high temperature for this game should be about 71 degrees. Winds 10 to 20 miles an hour, Drew, are expected. But in a game where you have these two offenses, which are pretty much run-oriented, I don't know that the wind plays that big of a role in this game. I don't even know that those wind conditions would play a role Anyway, um, coaching changes here, absolutely none. 
for UL Lafayette. It's their first year under head coach Billy Napier. Uh, he's had a tremendous season guiding this team back to a bowl game. The situational, motivational angles in this game for Tulane, you'd expect them to be highly motivated here. They have not been to a bowl since 2013. So that absence, that four-year absence, um, certainly will have the team pumped up and ready to go. Willie Fritz has turned it around there at Tulane and gotten them to a bowl game. And, of course, ULL, they should be fully focused under first-year head coach uh, Napier, who admitted Well, I shouldn't say admitted, but stated actually that he thought his team played their best defensive game of the season in that championship, Sunbelt championship game against Appalachian State. And I would agree. I watched the game myself and they stood up at the point of attack uh, very well against a physical App State team. So both these teams expect huge focus here. Um, Nobody coming in in a letdown situation to this contest. Fundamentals. I think the one key to the game, Drew, is going to be the quarterback play. For UL Lafayette, you have quarterback Andre Nunez. And uh, also getting a few snaps and a few series each game is sophomore Levi Lewis. Nunez, the better passer of the two. 64.4% completions this year, 19 TDs, 12 interceptions. Lewis, though he throws much, um, um, much less of the time, has had a real good quarterback rating this year off the charts 194.3 both of these guys in the passing game now they rate an edge over justin mcmillan the lsu transfer who quarterbacks tulane hasn't had a great season throwing the football didn't come in as a very accurate passer 68 of 136 only 50 percent here nine tds three ints Uh, i'd expect the air attack of lafayette to be a little more productive in this game than that of tulane the run games are going to be, you know, the, the main thing here for both of these squads. For Lafayette, you have to love the sophomore duo of Trey Regis and Elijah Mitchell. These two guys, very good runners, a little bit different, respectively. Regis, a little more between the tackles. Mitchell, while he goes between the tackles, a little more home run burst. Uh, both of those guys, it should cause Tulane a bit of trouble here. I think, you know, and watching the Appalachian State game, drew very quickly the offensive line for UL Lafayette impressed me quite a bit uh opening up holes against that defense for this ground attack should be a little easier against Tulane here I think that uh question marks or keys in this game fundamentally will also be the Lafayette run defense can they figure out Willie Fritz's triple option that could be troublesome for them and again the Tulane pass defense against Nunez could be a sore spot for that team as well biggest um, non-fundamental key to this game is probably the strength of schedule in this game you find Tulane on a week-by-week basis in the power ratings that I keep drew Tulane played on average an opponent five power rating points better than that of UL Lafayette. That's a pretty significant advantage over the course of a 12-13 game schedule. Tulane obviously coming from the more difficult conference, the American Athletic. They faced eight bowl teams this year. UL Lafayette, only five bowl teams. You could make it four if you want to count Appalachian State twice, which they played them twice. Uh, So scheduling and strength of schedule may play into the favor of Tulane. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and it's something you got to uh, kind of keep in mind as well. Because when you just look, you know, kind of blimp's view of these two teams and see their resumes, it, it looks, you know, pretty similar. But the the three and a half number, you're right, Robbie. I mean, in that AAC, you know, who, who they they got UCF, they got USF, they got Memphis, they got Houston. I mean, those, you know, not that they're they're big boys like Alabama and Georgia, but the, you know, it's not that that. That's not in the Sun Belt, so that's a great point there, Robbie. Let's move on down uh, 205-206. Arizona State, Fresno State in the Las Vegas Bowl, 53 the total. This one, uh, the group of five team is laying four and a half. That's Fresno State laying four and a half pretty much across the board here in Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, 12:30 kickoff. How would you look to bet the uh, Sun Devils and Bulldogs here, Robbie? Yeah, I don't think it's the automatic uh, minor bowl game theory of the past where power five team against group of five team, power five team maybe a little less motivated, not as happy to be there as the group of five team. That that really doesn't apply here whatsoever. Generally speaking, when you're going to use that theory, you're talking about a power five team that's a big favorite. In this case, the power five team is the dog. And you're not necessarily talking about a team in the shoes of Arizona State, which in my estimation will come very prepared, fully focused for this game under first-year head coach Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, a motivational expert. There's no doubt in my mind that he'll have his team ready to go. So both of these teams, obviously Fresno is going to be ready as well. Second year under Jeff, Jeff Tedford, great turnaround here. Uh, by that head coach, got his team to a bowl game for the second consecutive year here. Expect full focus out of both of these teams. Weather, as somebody who's been to Las Vegas Bowls before, having lived 12 years in Las Vegas, you generally don't get good weather in this game. Lots of wind for the most part, um, colder temperatures. But here, they're going to have great weather for this game. I mean, the uh, Las Vegas people, the bowl people have to be extremely happy that they get a good day to play this game, which will help both offenses here, obviously. What won't help the Arizona State offense and what is the biggest factor in this game and the most talked about factor in this game is the fact that their star wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, will not play in this contest. He, like many others, as we go through these bowl previews, Drew, We'll be listing guys who are, you know, ducking out of the bowl game in order to prepare for the NFL draft. That's the case for Nikhil Harry, a guy who may go first round, uh, could be the first wide receiver off the board by the time draft time comes. Who knows the way the, that board changes over the course of the next four months. But without Harry, it's an extremely difficult road for Arizona State on the offensive side of the football. He's Manny Wilkins prime target and I'm just going to throw a couple numbers out there to prove the importance and the void left behind by uh, Harry's absence here on the season Nikhil Harry the leading wide receiver or receiver overall for this team has 33 more receptions than the second leading receiver on the team Kyle Williams not only does he have 33 more receptions but he's got 656 more receiving yards Nikhil Harry posted nine touchdowns this year. Second leading wide receiver, Kyle Williams, only had one. 
that's a large void. That's a big gap. That's hard to compensate for uh, Arizona State. We'll obviously find other ways. Maybe they'll go to the ground game. But you're talking about facing a defense that ranks top 30 against the run, top 30 against the pass. There's no easy way to move the football against Fresno State. Been proven all season long. Go ahead and check their scoring margin, their point differential on the year. One of the best in college football. So this is going to be a tough, um, tough offensive uh, matchup for Arizona State. <clears throat> Doesn't mean they can't win. Just means that they're going to have to find other ways to move the football without Harry. Uh, Fresno State, as far as motivation is concerned, they come out last year under Jeff Tedford in uh, in the bowl game and they win right away. They upset Houston. They were an underdog in that game. They win straight up 33-27. Uh, ASU, not under the guidance of Herm Edwards, gets bombarded 52-31 to by NC State last year. So the guys who were there last year and remember that bowl lost by three touchdowns be highly motivated. I don't see an advantage where motivation is concerned in this game. Um, talked a little bit about the fundamental matchups between the Fresno State defense and the Arizona State offense. I want to hit real quick on Fresno State quarterback Marcus McMarion, one of the most under-the-radar quarterbacks in the nation this year. Kids had almost 70% completions this year, 69.8 to be exact. But how about 3,453 passing yards and 25 TDs to only three interceptions? Manny Wilkins probably comes into this game. In fact, he does come into this game as the better-known quarterback, the um, perceived better commodity because McMarion isn't seen as much on television. But Marcus McMarion probably comes in with a little bit of chip on his shoulder to prove that he can play quarterback as well. I like that angle here for Fresno State. Uh, season ATS numbers very quick. Couldn't pull too much, but I will talk about Fresno State as an under team. Overall this year, 3-9-1 under the total. But even bigger than that, they're 8-1 in their last nine games heading into this contest under the total. Been very good defensively, very methodical offensively. Uh, We'll see if that holds up here. Like you said, Drew, the total here, 53 currently. Yeah, Robbie, I mean, it's it's one of those... Thing, I, I think it's a little bit of a tricky handicap because we got Herm Edwards, obviously, you know, he was at ESPN and then uh, in the NFL before that. So as far as coaching track record, there's not a lot to go off of, which, you know, in bowl games it, is huge, you know, how a coach prepares their team. We do know, however, you know, it's Herm Edwards. I say this tongue in cheek. He does. He is going to have his kids playing to win the game. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a tricky handicap. I, I agree with you, though. Um, motivation, I, I don't see it. I, I, I actually kind of like the, the, the Pac-12 team here, catching points. But uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday in Las Vegas. we got two more bowl games here, plus a little FCS look. 207-208, Eastern Michigan, Georgia Southern. Looks like we got 47.5, 48 being the total. This one played in um, in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, two and a half being the being the line. Georgia Southern laying two and a half. Robbie. Yeah, Drew. And just to backtrack a hair for a couple seconds here, real quick for those who <clears throat> would look at the angle of the Arizona State offense against the Fresno State defense. Remember that out of the Pac-12 this year, Arizona State played Washington and Utah, the two best defensive teams in that conference, and they covered both of those games. 
they only lose to Washington 27-20. They get the cover in that game. And against the Utah Utes, they go for 536 total yards of offense, not all on Nikhil Harry's shoulders because they ran the football 50 times in that game for 251 yards. So, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, um, getting back to what I had said fundamentally in that game, Arizona State, they'll have to find different ways to move it. But they've proven against defenses that are top notch. They can still cover games. So you want to look at that angle as well. Here in this game, Drew Eastern Michigan, obviously... Uh, you know, kind of the heartbreak team of the 2018 season. All those three-point losses. Seemed like every game they played early on this year wound up being decided by three points. No stranger to close games. Obviously, the line in this one tells us that it should be another close game. Weather's going to be pretty good here. Uh, between 45 and 54 degrees, it's 4.30 local start, which means it'll go from late afternoon into night. Uh, by the time three and a half hours are complete in this game. So you're going to get pretty decent temperatures, though. You won't get any rain, no wind conditions. Two teams that, you know, don't necessarily move it at will. Let's put it that way. I think better known for their defense than offense. The question that comes immediately to mind is, can Eastern Michigan's defense handle the option offense of Georgia Southern? And that question is probably answered as, it's hard to say. They, they played Army, so they've had a look at option offense so far this season. Not exactly the same type of option um, because the style run by Chad Lunsford here, a disciple of Willie Fritz, who brought Willie Fritz's offense back into play here at Georgia Southern when he took over this year, it's run kind of out of the pistol formation, which isn't the same as Army, but still relatively close. Army got 289 rushing yards against Eastern Michigan this year. Only four yards a pop, though. So that's an important thing to note here that while 289 looks like a big number, Army didn't run roughshod over Eastern Michigan. Final score in that game was 37-22 Army. So for EMU, I'm kind of in between on whether or not they can handle uh, shy words and this option attack. But when I dug a little bit further, Drew... You find that there's four games that probably leave you scratching your head as far as rush defense on the Eastern Michigan side is concerned. They give up 341 rushing yards to Purdue, 8.1 per carry. I know about Rondale Moore, um, but Purdue not known as a running football team. They get 341 and 8.1 per pop. Northern Illinois against Eastern Michigan goes for 235 rushing yards. It's been a struggle for Northern Illinois to move the football all season long, so that number kind of is a red flag. 
Uh, Toledo gains 229 against uh, this Eastern Michigan team. Toledo, pretty balanced offense. They can run it real well. But Ball State, how about them? 227 on the ground against EMU, 7.1 per pop. Again, another red flag for me. We'll see how Eastern Michigan handles this uh, Georgia Southern offense, which doesn't always click on all cylinders. Let's face it, Shy Wirtz, Wesley Fields, a nice quarterback running back tandem. But every week hasn't been a solid rushing week for Georgia Southern. So there is much of a question mark on the offensive end. I think that when we talk about motivation here, one more time, I'd expect both teams to have complete focus, um, completely intent on coming into this game and winning. You're talking about an Eastern Michigan team that didn't get a bowl bid last year, so they'll be hungry to play here. 2016, they go to the Bahamas Bowl and lose a heartbreaker 24-20 to to ODU. Kids that were around for that one probably remember it. Like I say, that was a heartbreaking loss. And for Georgia Southern, I talked about it earlier, when you're playing under your first-year head coach, Chad Lunsford, and you haven't been to a bowl since 2015, no doubt motivations on your side as well. So you could make that a wash as far as uh, motivational edge is concerned in this game. I think that real quick here where point spreads are concerned, there's nothing regular season wise overall, but I want to point out some second half numbers here for guys who bet second halves. Um, for Georgia Southern, you're nine and three against the spread in the second half this year and 10 and two to the over. That's probably the more surprising number of the two. The fact that Chad Lunsford has made nice second half adjustments lead to the nine and three ATS second half mark, but 10 and two over from a very, very methodical Georgia Southern team, which doesn't throw the football whatsoever. Um, that's a key number here. And EMU, I don't want to sell their coach uh, Creighton short here because that team, eight and three against the spread second half. So two coaches who know what they're doing coming out of the locker room, those numbers kind of offset 10 and two over the total by Georgia Southern though. Something to peek at as this game hits halftime, check the second half number, maybe over worth a play here in this game. Robbie, we got one bowl game left. First, want to give a shout out to Kyle Huntingshead on Twitter. He asked about uh, FCS games. We got South Dakota State, North Dakota State, North Dakota State laying nine. I'm guessing that's in the Fargo Dome. Not sure though. 51 the total in that one. We also that one's on Friday. Also an FCS uh, playoff game on Saturday. Maine versus Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington 11 and a half with 59 the total. Any quick thoughts on either of these two FCS playoff games, Robbie? Yeah, let me thank Kyle as well, Drew. Um, obviously, um, a Twitter guy who follows the, the show and gives us some props quite often. So we appreciate it, Kyle. Thanks for the question. Um, in, in this FCS playoff game, I would consider this probably the FCS championship. No disrespect to Eastern Washington. No disrespect to Maine, the other two teams playing in the final four here of the FCS playoff. But these are the two best teams. They're my highest power rated teams. Uh, North Dakota State actually holds the highest power rating I've ever had for an FCS team. My power ratings in FCS go back nine years when they actually, you know, started becoming a bettable entity here. So both of these teams, extremely strong. Both of these teams, very familiar with one another. They come from the Missouri Valley Conference. They played earlier this year. North Dakota State scored a fourth quarter touchdown to win 21 to 17. 
Um, South Dakota State, probably the more explosive of the two offenses. They rank number seven in FCS uh, play. 235 yards on the ground, 256 yards through the air. Very, very diverse. They know North Dakota State inside and out. Uh, So if there was one opponent that North Dakota State might have been somewhat leery of, it would be this opponent in a rematch. I think that's the reason for the line drop here. We know that it doesn't take as much money to drop the line in FCS play as it does in FBS play. But still, I think the line move indicates that there is some South Dakota State money out there. Um, ND State, just a, a, a physical, physical football team that wears on you. They execute so flawlessly. This should be a really, really good game. I made North Dakota State a 12.5-point favorite in this contest. So obviously I was close to the opener, but now the betters have carried it the other way. So maybe there's some value in take back here with North Dakota State. Remember, they're at home. These aren't neutral site games, FCF. FCS playoff games until the championship are all played on home sites. Uh, There is a coaching change here, though, Drew. We talked about Kansas State earlier uh, where Seth Luttrell of North Texas was concerned. Here, we're going to talk about the new head coach of Kansas State, Chris Kleiman. North Dakota State's head coach right now accepted that position earlier. um, Well, not earlier this week, but a couple of days ago. Maybe it was on the weekend. At any rate, Kleiman actually visited K-State, had his press conference back with the team now, North Dakota State, and will coach them as long as they remain in the FCS playoffs. I think that's huge in this game. South Dakota State's going to be motivated, but I think the fact that he's back to coach the team makes a a big difference here, Drew. These kids are going to want to send him out with another FCS championship. So out of all the motivational angles we've spoke of here in five analysis this to me is the strongest and this comes in the FCS playoffs so I think that's something to consider here when you look at this game as far as Maine and Eastern Washington are concerned I think this is a difficult task for Maine Maine a team who last week flew from as extreme northeast as you can get to Utah to play Weber State on their home field in cold conditions two rugged defenses lined up against one another Maine came out on top as an underdog, pulled the upset. I think Weber State was ranked number two in these playoffs coming in. But the Maine defense held up, won that game. Those two offenses, Maine and Weber State, very, very pedestrian, very middle of the road. Maine, their offense is enhanced by the return of their starting quarterback for these FCS playoffs that showed up in week one where they scored 50-plus points last week little more down to earth i don't know that they have the firepower to keep up with eastern washington i don't know that playing back-to-back games on the west coast uh or the rocky mountain region and then the west coast because they're in washington here i don't know if they can pull it off twice in a row drew it would be something if they did but i favor eastern washington here on that red turf their offense extremely explosive as always and defensively i think in this matchup good enough they're not top tier by nature, but I think against an offense that moves the ball as methodically as Maine does, I think Eastern Washington can hold up here. I'd probably look to lay points in that game. Check the weather in this contest in Washington. Sometimes you can get um, really poor weather. 
I don't know that it would favor either side there. Maine comes from a cold climate to begin with. Uh, the weather isn't the best up there at this time of year, and they certainly held up in tough weather conditions in Ogden, Utah last week to produce that under, which, by the way, has been our only FCS play so far this season. We had that one under the total, and it did get there. So uh, we'll look to have an FCS play this weekend as well. But those are the two um, contests going this weekend, and that's the way we see them right now. And, Robbie, just to make sure, so so Maine's going back-to-back Pacific time zone trips here. Uh, do, do you think that's reflected in this, it looks like, you know, the, it, in this line of, uh, what, 11 we're seeing? Yeah, you know, it, it's probably – I can't. I don't think there was anything padded in for it, Drew, honestly. I think if you just judge by my power ratings, kind of comes out to the same place. I had Eastern Washington 13 in this game, so I had them even heavier. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe my power ratings, without me knowing it, consider back-to-back travel to Rocky Mountain and West Coast time regions. But um, I don't know that it was heavily factored in um, unless – Odds makers have Maine rated a hair bit higher than I do, which I would doubt, or they have EWU rated a little bit lower than I do, which I would also doubt because both the numbers were on the money last week. So I don't think they considered it that much. I really don't. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to handicap and an interesting handicapping angle there, Robbie. Likely to have an FCS play up, also five percent in the NFL up, plus a couple of four percent and his bowl games out. So check it all out at sportsmemo.com and the rest of his bowl season for just 69 bucks using the coupon code CFB69 at checkout. One game left here, Robbie. We got uh, MTSU versus App State, 50 being the total. This one, uh, the New Orleans Bowl in the Big Easy. App State laying six and a half. Um, this one in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'll tell you, Robbie, MTSU got stock still. You know, the, the, the quarterback and the coach, it's his son. Uh, he's a hell of a college football player. I don't see him having a lot of NFL looks, so this is likely the end of his career. Who knows? He might play some sort of professional football. Really good college quarterback, however, understands the offense. And on top of that, Conference USA, I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but over the last three or four years, has has been the best conference. Uh, that 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 includes the SEC, ACC, all that. As far as uh, winning percentage goes, they they've really done well in bowl season. Do you think that carries over? And on top of that, even Robbie App State with the coaching change, how much do you think that hurts that side? Yeah, well, obviously, <clears throat> I think that that one hurts as much as any coaching change here. Scott Satterfield, the head coach of Appalachian State, took the Louisville job back on December the 3rd. Um, However, you know, as we talked about earlier, maybe with with, uh, North Dakota State's coach staying, Satterfield's going to coach this game as well. So, you know, the leaving, the departure part probably deflates the players. The fact that he's coaching them one last time inflates the players and I think they go out and play hard for him here no doubt about it I don't think it's much different than uh Chris Kleiman at North Dakota State Scott Satterfield obviously doesn't have FCS national championships under his belt but he certainly has done a real good job in his time here at Appalachian State so consider them highly motivated for this contest but I would still with that being known, Drew, I would still give a motivational advantage here to Middle Tennessee for the point that you laid out um, just a couple seconds ago. 
I think, you know, how long has Brent Stock still been the quarterback of that team? He may have even taken a medical redshirt year. I feel like he's been around five, six years as quarterback for that team. I could be wrong on that, but um, certainly he's gone through his share of injuries and other things. He has led a high-flying offense uh, in the past. This year, not as high-flying, but I will point out that toward the end of the season, as I watch Middle Tennessee, I think the offense came along quite well and you and I have talked about Middle Tennessee quite a bit over the course of this college football season on the podcast we've had their games many times and I've never hesitated once to point out the fact that I thought that their passing game had been reduced to very much a kind of a check down game nothing downfield but their last two contests to end the season drew against Conference USA's best defense not even really close in Conference USA. UAB was the premier defense in that league. Middle Tennessee ends the season by playing that team twice, and they throw for 261 yards on 76% completions and 362 yards on 64.5% completions. Um, those are good numbers, and I think those are numbers that you can cling to here in your handicap against Appalachian State, which obviously is predicated on defense. Uh, so I don't see Stock still having a heck of a lot of trouble in really good dome conditions, moving the football against App State. App State, a team that, boy, they're physically tough. They execute well. They're probably as good at executing what they do as any team that's going to play this Saturday, maybe better than any team that's going to play this Saturday. But I have some doubts about them, Drew, and we'll see how it plays out. Middle Tennessee, to me, if they can stack the box with eight guys and take away the App State ground game, similar to what UL Lafayette did in the Sunbelt Championship game, force Appalachian State to be somewhat one-dimensional. I mean, they will still try to run through an eight-man brick wall, but force them to have to throw the ball a little more. And they're not really that good at consistently, effectively throwing the football. They'll make a big play here or there, especially if they're running the football well. But I don't know. I think Middle Tennessee, uh, head coach Stockstill, if he can put eight in the box here, may have an advantage against this team. And I don't know that App State's built necessarily to come from behind quickly. All that being said, you can't take anything away from what Appalachian State has done this year. Remember, they go to Penn State to start the season and walk away with a 45-38 overtime loss. That should have been the signal right there to all of us that this was going to be a very good team all season long. Their point differential on the season is plus 252. They scored 440 points. They only allowed 188. They're seven-point favorites in this game for a reason. I think down to six and a half right now. Um, my feeling is that Middle Tennessee will come to play, no doubt about it. App State will come to play, no doubt about it. I just give a slight motivational edge to the stock stills, and I give a slight offensive um, balance edge to the uh, Middle Tennessee side, and we'll see if that plays out in this game. But, you know, there's very little that you can say derogatory about what Appalachian State's accomplished this season. As far as... um. ATS numbers are concerned. They go seven and four on the year uh, against the spread. Very good number for Middle Tennessee. They had a uh, second half number that I wanted to point out here real quick. Three, nine and one under the total in the second half. Three, nine and one under the total. That's 75% unders 
in the second halves this year by MTSU. So while they're known for offense, the defense hasn't been that bad this season for MTSU. Only allowed 25.3 points per game. All right, Robbie, great breakdowns of all the bowl games plus the FCS. Guys, remember the coupon code CFB69 at checkout for uh, the rest of college football season with any handicapper. Um, Robbie Vino, Brent Crow, Teddy Covers, myself. Uh, obviously, Robbie Vino is a great choice, has had good success in the bowl season, and like you heard, he knows his stuff as far as college football gambling. we got a big uh, college basketball card coming up on Saturday plus NFL weekend. A um, lot going on here at Sports Memo. We'll be uh, right back with actually the first soccer podcast of uh, of at least recent future with Sports Memo. So uh, stay tuned for that. But guys, best of luck with your bets. Talk with you soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.